The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Hmm? Ah! Huh. everybody, I'm Rima. And this is and Strange Indeed, a podcast dedicated to the Netflix show, You. You. <laughs> Today, we are covering episodes one and two of season three, titled, And They Lived Happily Ever After, and So I Married an Axe Murderer. You certainly did. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I'm I'm so happy that we're covering this now. I know that uh, it, it was released in October, and you know we had some debate uh, about what. It seemed like so many shows were coming out in October, and we're just yeah. sitting here going, "Oh, cred! What are we going to do?" Um, and, and we made some decisions, and it didn't include recording this at the time it was released in October. So we said we'll circle back. Um, we had a bit of a break, um, mm-hmm. a well-deserved break, I think. I think we both kind of needed a yes. little bit of breather. Um, oh, and absolutely. I was so stoked <laughs> to um, when you said that you were down to cover this show, because what, what I find interesting is you hadn't even watched season one or season two yet, whenever I was like, nope, hey, this, this so is... <laughs> you, you watched? Yeah, this was one that's new to me. So yeah, during our little deserved break like you're talking about, I decided... Let me watch, you know, seasons one and two, or I'll start season one and, you know, I'll see how I feel about the show. And I got hooked pretty quickly. Yeah. yeah. It didn't take me long at all. So I benched through it pretty fast and I was like, yeah, let's, if you're still wanting to do that, then let's do it. Hopefully there's still listeners out there who have been patient enough to want to, to go on that ride with us. I know it's, you know, like you said, well, there's so many other shows we ended up having to mm-hmm. prioritize, but I'm I'm glad to come back and circle yeah. around to this because I'm excited to talk about it. Hopefully we and I think we do have some folks um coming back around. They may have already binged it, so maybe they'll either just listen to the podcast maybe, or maybe they'll go back for a rewatch and, mm-hmm. and you know, follow uh, along with us and that'd be great. But I totally get it. You know, folks, you know, the way, you know, Netflix goes, there's so much, you know, turnaround. So so many new things that drop all the time. I totally yeah. get it. But I was really excited, um, you know, to, for you to watch it because I was like, oh my gosh, I didn't, I don't think I realized that when Sean and I were covering season one and two that, um, that you hadn't watched it. And, and I, I think whenever we had talked yeah. about, you know, season three was going to, it was before it, it was released in October, but we knew it was coming. And I'd mentioned something to you and yeah. you're like, oh, I haven't even seen one and two yet. And I was like, oh my gosh, um, I, I really want you to eat, regardless <laughs> if we cover it or not, I really wanted you to watch it. Cause I mean, this, this show, you know, we, a lot of folks will compare it to Dexter and I, you know there are similarities for sure I mean they are very different yeah. shows um, for sure but it's it's very Dexter like and you know some it's like oh you're covering Dexter now you're covering you there's a lot of similarities there but this one this is such a fun show you know um, I'm, yeah. I'm interested to get your take before we start talking about season three do you mind letting us like just did you love season one and two did you really dig it I mean watching watching them so quickly yeah um 
season it it was when season one started really strong and then kind of started to dip a little bit and i was like mm-hmm. okay I'll, I'll push through and then of course with the way it ends and everything i was like oh my <laughs> god i have to keep going and then and then two i was like it took me a little bit to get the the you know footing because i was like okay we're in a whole different city whole different cast basically besides mm-hmm. him and it's like okay where do we you know but then i figure out what they're doing with it and then i loved season two i think once i got to know a lot of the characters in that one Good. i had a blast with it and so i'm excited to do three just because yeah I'm, I'm excited to see it but yeah i love it it's a show that i could see some people <laughs> uh you know, worrying. I'm thinking about just us covering it. Is like some of the things I'm already like in my notes and stuff. Be like, I promise people I'm not a sociopath. <laughs> like this is a fic- this is a fictional yes. show, and I understand the moral and ethical implications yes. of what's going on. But I'm putting myself in this world just to be able because it is it is a show full of the darkest of dark humor. But it is if you have that kind of twisted sense of humor, it's absolutely. Hilarious. It really is. Yeah. Full disclosure, same for me. I think we've, I might have even mentioned it before when we covered seasons one and two. You know, I, I do have a very twisted sense of humor. I have a dark sense of humor. That's what I find, mm-hmm. you know, so funny about this show. So there's probably going to be things I say, oh my gosh, that was so funny. And it, if, if you're thinking real world, had this happened in the real world, it's not so funny. I mean, th- th- there's people right. being murdered and, and terrible things, and there's terrible, terrible people uh, and terrible characters, I mean, in, in this show. But, you know, it's fiction, so it's okay, I feel, yeah. um, to, to think like that. So Yeah. That's <laughs> one thing I picked up on this show pretty quickly, I was like, no, the characters are so, like, they're charming and likable in a lot of ways. And you want to like, you find yourself rooting yes. for the worst people in existence. And then you'd be like, but they're so terrible. And I was like, there's no good people in this show. Like everybody has some of the most fatal yeah. flaws. Like- yeah. And they're so fun to talk about. <laughs> it just keeps the drama going and it's just super fun. So yes, yeah. I, I get it. People might be like, Oh my God, I can't believe you're laughing about something like that. But um, it's fiction. It's darkly mm-hmm. funny. It's- I don't know. I feel like, the only good people in this show, like there's only been like, ah, well, let's say because I'm I'm very. This will be interesting for me because mm-hmm. I just binged. It's all fresh so for you. This whole yeah. world of knowledge, like very fresh in my head. So I'm still very much living in the uh, first two seasons because I don't know if you went back and watched. Anything I honestly, before this, or if you I did a quick recap. In. Honestly, um, so, I just I did not. Find, yeah, and I know we had a break, but I really took a break. I did not. Um, I did not. I did a, a quick recap mm-hmm. video. Yep. Yeah, but I think like some of the the kids are say, like, the best characters. Like, Paco is good. in season one yeah. was awesome. Uh, Ellie, I loved mm-hmm. Ellie in season two. That kid was such a spitfire, and I, I feel bad for her and all the situations she's in. And I mean, even Delilah, her sister, that ended up dying at the end of season two. Honestly, was not a bad person. I think she was a really good person. It's really unfortunate. That I she know. Ended up I felt dying. bad for her. I think she might be one of the few that I'm like, yeah, I couldn't really find any fault in her other than she's just like very closed off and pushes people away. But she's been hurt so many times. Yeah. That, like, you can't blame her for it. So, yep, you're right. You're right. It's it's a show full of terrible people. And we just have uh, find things to make fun of. And then the ones who aren't <laughs> terrible still don't end up. <laughs> no. <very well. laughs> no, they don't. Uh, 
Well, I'm I'm super excited <laughs> that you were down to cover it, and I'm excited to talk about um, season three here. So I, I think we've got a lot of talk, lot to talk about. There are two episodes that we're going to cover, um, as you mentioned um, at the start, and just for everyone, you know, to know that we, you know, in um, you know, tradition as when we cover um, you on Netflix, we are going to cover two episodes per week. So. You get to get to watch two. We get through this one a little bit quicker, you know, as we nor- you know quicker than what we normally do with some of our shows. Um, so just be prepared for that. If you haven't watched both episodes, then you know just know that we are going to talk about both episodes. Um, yeah, and my points and stuff are bouncing exactly. Yeah, they're the place. That's my notes treat ex- them like one long episode. Exactly. Like movie, That's typically so. <laughs> what we would do too. Is just we kind of just mingle the two and talk about both episodes so yeah so yeah if you haven't watched both episodes that we cover each week and especially this week since we're starting here um then prepare to be spoiled or stop and go watch and then come back um well this is great i can't wait i think we're gonna have a lot lot to talk about so without further ado pick what is your number five all right uh my number five i'll go i like to start uh short and sweet but Therapy. <laughs> <laughs> Good therapy. I love um, those scenes, <laughs> I know. It's, it's so good. Who uh, know? You know, because you know, we, we've seen the last time we saw therapy on this show was not good. The whole Dr. Mickey no. saga. Uh, <laughs> that was not so great. So to see Joe back in therapy as himself, actually trying to work through something and it being this couple's yep. therapy with love. I thought it was great. I do. I thought it was, again, the dark humor and stuff. They're using kind of these code words and terms to talk about their murder problems, but is it therapy? You know, uh, and then she, she broke a vase. It was cheap and tacky. <laughs> and it was priceless. It was cheap and tacky. Yeah. It's impossible to undo. Um, <laughs> so good. <laughs> I, I like that. Then instead of, you know, <laughs> that I have to, I had to get rid of a body, his. Yeah. And after the fight, I felt obligated to get rid of her for good it was <laughs> like obligated forced by your wife like so funny the way they tiptoe yeah. code terms that, <laughs> yeah <laughs> i just i thought it was hilarious but also i want to just point out that within the story this uh dr mm-hmm. chandra is she's incredible. a great therapist what yeah. a great therapist i was like holy crap and i love how you know, Joe's very, like, in his inner voice, inner monologue, he's just so snarky and, like, fed up with it from the beginning. He's like, yeah, you know, Love's going to be playing the the victim and the female therapist is just going to mm-hmm. glom onto that and I'm going to be the bad guy the whole time. And then you see he kind of perks up whenever she takes interest and wants to hear Joe's side over that and wants this, like, fair balance. All of a yeah. sudden he's a big fan he- once she's challenging Love on her impulsiveness and says, you need to listen to Joe's side. You know, there's a difference between reaction and response. He, he kind of sits like, oh, up a little taller like there on the couch. He's like, hey, <laughs> right. she might be on my side a little bit. Yeah, that's funny. Right. So, which, just a side note on, one of the reasons I really had to, I'm, I'm surprised it took me this long to watch this show is Victoria Pedretti. Oh, isn't she herself. so great? I, I mean, we, we know that. Yeah, absolutely I think I am her. too. Yeah. <laughs> um, she's a darling. Yeah, she's just incredible. Her face acting is impeccable. And the chemistry. Uh, I mean, her regular acting is too, but but it's just the way that she can tell a story without saying a word. It's yeah, so good. Her, her chemistry with Penn Badgley is really yeah. great too. I love 
you know, I I was yeah. during my second rewatch just watching the scenes with them too. Um just you know, the funny, darkly humor side of things. And I'm like, they're just so fun together. And I feel like they must have such a good time on scene with each other. Like, I can't imagine the behind the scenes stuff and how much fun it is that (laughs) they probably have together. It looks like they're having fun anyway, you know, so. Yeah. But, you know, I love when we get like some really Mm -hmm. good breakthroughs with them. Uh, Again, she's just that therapist is so good, but I tell her that you know you're many things, but you're not murderers. <laughs> <laughs> um, right, right. No, no, we're not that, murderers uh, at all. <laughs> just they have this like they share that like glance at each other, like mm, yeah, uh-huh. uh <laughs> But yeah, just genius because you know she's taking all these violent and rageful parts of Joe and love, and and realizing that kind of that big thing at the end that they're sharing that fear yeah. of abandonment and that. They're pushing against each other because they're so similar. It's like facing the worst yeah. parts of themselves. And for her to figure that out, I'm like, man, because I love she's like, I don't think it has anything to do with this so-called cheating. You don't? Well, what the does it have it with? It's like, I don't know yet. <laughs> Keep talking. I'll figure it out. Yeah, she's I love good. that. <laughs> Hopefully not mm-hmm. too good. So she right. doesn't like really figure out what's going on or they don't slip up and say something. Yeah. Right. Because I like her. I want her to stick around. <laughs> Yeah, hopefully she'll stick around because, like, you know, I'm going to give you guys homework and you're going to have to go over this, like, paperwork and you're going to study how to get. And he's like, well, that's love's uh, <laughs> yeah, homework. Mine is trying to make sure that she doesn't kill the therapist. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, she's a little impulsive. Don't know. <laughs> Love that. What a way to kick it right. off. Yeah, those therapy scenes were golden <laughs> for sure. It was fun to watch them tiptoe. You know, like you said, around, you know, love killing the neighbor and Joe having to cover it up and, you know, what they what they fight about and stuff. Um, so, yeah, it was really, I thought, clever. Yep. Good way to open it up. Uh, well, my number five um, is the subject of, like, what landed them in therapy uh, initially, and that is Natalie. <laughs> um the neighbor next door. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and you're fresh from your season one and two watch. And when we left season two, you know, there's, uh, you know, we were left with Joe and uh, Love moving in the neighborhood. And, you know, you've got Joe peering and, you know, like he always does, right? Snooping um, around and happens to catch eye of this neighbor. And so we're left with this thought of, this neighbor's going to be his new obsession, right? That's a pattern with Joe that we've seen in the other seasons. Yeah. Um, and we find, you know, we meet Natalie. So we're like, oh boy, here we go again. You know, it's, it's season three kicking off and we're going to, here's going to be Joe's new obsession. And you think that this is like, this is going to be a whole season. Like she's going to be there like the whole season and stuff. Yeah. Um, so, I remember that season two finale yeah. where it's like they move in, you see pregnant love, and then he like looks over the fence and says, hello, you again. And where I'm literally going, are you I know. fucking kidding me? As I'm watching that, like, I was like, don't you like, dare. Dude, you just <laughs> got here. And, you know, you're what 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 happened to these changes? And, you know, um, so, yeah, Natalie, <laughs> who is the neighbor, we find out, um, you know, we didn't see her face uh, from season two. Um, but that we find out that that was her there in the backyard. She's a realtor and she's married to this, you know, tech entrepreneur named Matthew. And, 
And of course, you know, we find out Natalie is really pretty. So that's that's not going to go well. Right. Um, (laughs) And, you know, she through their interactions, you know, Joe is obsessing over her um, and they meet and she I mean, she flirts with him. You know, she bought him a box of condoms after I mean, you got to have at least one creepy fantasy public masturbation. Um, it's tradition. Do, right? It's like it's requisite for every yes. season. You have to have if, at if least Joe one. is not jerking <laughs> off in a in a public place and about to be blatantly caught, then it wouldn't be a season of you. Um, so, right. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. He and I don't know. I think uh, knowing Natalie, she probably saw him. She was like walking right up up there and in his window um so yeah she you know i think was intentionally flirting with him giving him this box of condoms and i think a little bit indirectly when they were there in the library she gave him or or had the librarian pass along that book um to him so i was quite shocked uh when she ended up getting killed in the first episode because you know like i said i i really yeah. thought that she was going to be joe's typical obsession um and then mm-hmm. but he has love there too yeah she's gonna nip that, that in the fast. bud right away <laughs> but i mean you know he he was trying to tell love like no no it's not like that you know it's not like that at all and she believes him, you know, because like, okay, well, yeah, there was like a little bit of flirtation there, but nothing happened. You know, I left and he did, but he's got mm-hmm. that damn box of mementos. And I mean, yeah. you saw his, Creepy oh my gosh, and box. You, you know, from the other seasons, I, and I don't have like all the um, items that he had in his other boxes uh, from the other seasons, but I mean, I know he had, I think he had underwear, I think he had teeth. Um, he had some creepy shit in mm-hmm. his other memento boxes. So, and yeah. he he he's definitely still has that creepy habit. He had the blood bloody scarf. Yeah, like the panties and the scarf. I'm like, okay, that's weird. Yes, Joe, it's weird. But the all right, the the zarf. That's the, the his word for the day. Zarf, Z A R F, is what is the little cardboard thing that goes on a coffee cup? Oh, hey, the more you in know. Case anyone didn't know. <laughs> um, yeah. That one, I'm like, that's maybe the most normal yeah. thing to hold on to for somebody. Like, I f- it's still a little weird, but you're like, but it's kind of sweet, too. But I draw the line at used tampon. Like, I, what the fuck, dude? We don't... I mm, just... No. I, and I don't <laughs> think that I want to know exactly, but I just... What in the world... Because I'm just throwing this out here and I don't expect it to be answered, but what in the world does he get from having that? It's It's... Again, yeah, yeah. I, don't, I don't. I don't want to know. Wanna know. <laughs> I don't know what, you know, he's he's looking at it because um, why else would you keep it? You know, you're you're right. Yeah, um, I don't think I want to know, but it's there for a reason. Um, and I mean, you know, I I remember being in like m- middle school and you know having a crush and you know saving like 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 you said the thing from the coffee cup uh, the zarf. Is that what it was called? You know, something like that, something completely ridiculous, like, oh, he touched that, you know, and you keep it and, you know, you're just yeah. like, oh, my gosh, he, he touched it. So I touch it. And it's like you're holding hands. Right. Some silly schoolgirl kind of thing. Um, so right. that is like, yeah, uh, it's it's weird. Um, but 
yeah, uh, so I can get that. But he's back to his old creepy ways. And, you know, like Love says in the show, she knows him very well. And it's, 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 I think, you know, in season two, he'd really met his match with, with Love. You know, he found someone who's a lot like him. So I don't know. It was, I kind of felt bad for Natalie. She was not. I think she was out of the whole group of people that we're meeting in this new town because uh, we learned a little bit about the town. We're meeting some new characters, the people that they're, you know, neighbors with um, and, you know, kind of associating yeah. with. She was, I think, probably the better out of that group, but she still wasn't great herself. She's hitting on a married man who's, you know, lives across the street and yeah. um, and has a baby. So that's not cool. So, you know, she's not exactly a, a saint herself, but, um, you know, still kind of felt bad how love just whacked her in the murder basement. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was, yeah. I was watching, I'm like, Natalie, Natalie, Natalie. Because, like, you were doing so good. You are like, being genuinely helpful yep. and kind to love, you know, with the bakery and giving all that stuff. Like, but then you just let her catch you in a lie about Joe. It was that moment... Because Joe had been Why like, oh, I just had a with the neighbor. She's crazy. And then at the party, it's like, yeah, we've talked to, you know, it's crazy we haven't had either of you even over yet. And then Joe Love's like, oh, <laughs> okay. So then it's like, well, if she's hiding it, then something more There's must gotta, have happened. Right. There has yeah. to be more to it than just that innocent, you know. And yeah, she was right. I was sitting here thinking because, yeah, she definitely, Natalie definitely had intentions you know, to, to start something up with Joe and Joe, even though he didn't, you know, I don't know where he was going to go or what he was going to do. I don't know if he was, you know, he might not have any, at least from wanting to have a physical relationship, but he was still obsessing over her. I don't know where that was really going to go with him or if he was just, you know, going to go, um, go that route and just obsess from afar and not actually be physical. I, I don't know, but, um, just not great not great and you know as a former realtor myself um i'm thinking natalie what are you doing if you're in a i don't know if you're in a spot like that never let the client walk behind you you know (laughs) keep keep the client in front of you at all times you know always have your your exit strategy right female male it doesn't matter if Uh you're in a in a location and you're showing um property keep that client um ahead of you Rule to live by. So anyway, so R.I.P. Natalie. Um, I think I've got more to say about her, um, um, or at least what love did exactly. But just wanted to kind of, for me, it was quite a moment to think, oh, hell, here we go again. And then whack, she's taken out in that first episode. Definitely was not what I was expecting. So it was nice to be surprised. Um, yeah. So, all right. What is your number four? Um. I can kind of just jump around on my points because I've got more, you know, to, to tack on with the Natalie stuff. But I'm okay. wondering what direction I should go because I have two separate points on her, more of just her and Joe's relationship or uh, the one that I call love hurts, love scars, love kills <laughs> Natalie. So um, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> it's nice. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I don't know. We talk. I could do either one. Go with whatever so, feels right. Yeah. We'll go, we'll, we'll go with that one because I like the title of it. So I wanted to run it. Because uh, we've talked about a lot of that, of course, is I think what really the first thing that – the first nail in the air coffin, so to speak, 
mm. is is her slipping up at the party and saying something about not inviting either one of them and that has love then kind of paranoid and and thinking about it and then then when she finds the box that's that's where you know and then she comes up with this plan to like okay well then I'll I'll call her and I'll give her you know have her show so it's not as impulsive as she was kind of pretending which she's like it's not like I'm some psychopath that planned this but she kind of did because the whole reason she went to check out the bakery was to kill Natalie. Uh, she had that planned um, to follow her downstairs because she had seen the the box before she even called Natalie. Is what I was putting together based off of kind of these flash back and forward. I, it, yeah, it feels <laughs> like it. She was definitely up to something. She at least either yeah. either wanted to to corner her and and confront her, or I don't know. I mean, she didn't have a murder weapon handy. That axe was just there. Yeah. So I don't so know what still she was. Impulsive to a degree. Definitely yeah, impulsive. Sure. Um, but yeah, I get what you're saying. Yeah, uh, but but again, it it seems so extreme and different from. <laughs> Joe, but it's yes. really not. They have different the methods. Run, it's different, but but when I think about with Joe, because you look at the way like love, why she does this, because she feels like that's what needs to be done. Uh, yeah, it's kind of like Joe was. It reminds me of Joe in season one with the way he was with Beck when he killed Benji and Peach and those. Whereas, like, but I, I did it for you because she was wrong for you and she was bringing you down this wrong path away from me and. Love is just a different form of of that same mindset. She's doing the same thing for the same reasons. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and then, yeah, when she calls, I think we need to go to couples therapy. Like that's that's the takeaway. Okay. Uh, <laughs> not. I have a serious murdering problem, but we need therapy. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so but, good. Uh, but I, I loved again the dark humor of of the scenes. Of Joe coming and finding Natalie's body, and then I mean, he was like, "What?" And she goes, "Don't, what? don't wake him up." I was like, "Yeah, don't wake <laughs> the baby by the freaking out over me murdering someone." Um. <laughs> <laughs> Bringing the baby to a crime scene, and let's figure this whole thing out and plan out what we're gonna yeah. do. And while we're having a family squabble, to top it off and trying to calm our, our crying baby, <laughs> it's I know. just that, it's that was hilarious. That was the funniest part to me. It was like peak dark humor. Yes, is them quietly arguing about the dead neighbor and what to do because the baby's there, so they're doing it quietly. And then the way the one that cracked me up is like horrifically hilarious as it is uh, is love talking like baby talking mm-hmm. because she's right there with henry going well she was unstable and unhappy and killed herself <laughs> like she was doing the whis- whispering whispering yelling right. is is what i refer to it because she's like yeah well, i don't know maybe she fell and hit her head fell off a cliff <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so she's trying to say it in a, a calm yeah. manner but she's like yelling right. <laughs> it's so funny uh, and I'm, I'm glad that Joe is really good at the after murder planning because they, they balance not each love. other. Yeah, that's they not balance. Love's forte. She's real murdery, and he's good at the, what to do after the fact. Yep. Um, he's always kind of messy with his kills, but he knows how to clean it up really well. And I think she's kind of the opposite. <laughs> yep. They balance each other. Yeah, and and love refusing to tell Joe still how she handled Delilah and Candace's bodies. Oh, Which, I, do you think that's going to come back? 
<laughs> it's like, safer if you don't know. Which I love that he throws that back at her with the teeth thing later. Uh-huh. <laughs> I just don't want to find him in some hidey hole in her house. Well, it's safer if you don't know. <laughs> well, we know he's kept teeth. We've yeah. seen seen teeth. We have seen that. Ugh. Yeah, and then again, the <laughs> I was like, I, I, I'm gonna have to stop myself from apologizing for dark humor because it's gonna happen eh, every episode. We no cover apologies. this a million times. <laughs> Is her freaking out about the whole meat grinder meat grinder thing like oh. so much longer after the fact? She's like, I, I use that every, every fucking day. day. Like, <laughs> Man. It's safer if you don't know. <laughs> right? Exactly. <laughs> uh, so so much of that like really funny back and forth but then kind of that scene is ended with like a gut punch of a line where he's like well i'm gonna go take care of the baby because and you can take care of natalie because you cared more about her than our own son anyway and i was like damn ouch ouch yeah not true but somehow still fair (laughs) like uh (laughs) yeah oh so funny yeah, so just the thought of them, yeah, like quietly yelling and arguing with each other, the whisper yelling, and like calming a baby and keeping things calm while also freaking out at each other over what just happened. How do we dispose of this body, and and what story do we tell? And Joe's trying to, you know, figure out, you know, uh, how to cover it up. I mean, there's technology nowadays. You know, yeah, and she's traceable, traceable phone. Yeah. And she's <laughs> married, has a family, people that will, you know, wonder where she's at. Right. So there's yeah. all of these things to consider and, and got a crying baby in the middle of all of it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so good. So good. It would be absolutely horrifying if it were real, but it's not. Yes. So <laughs> we're just going to have fun with it. I love it. Um, well, my number four, so I mentioned, you know, uh, Natalie, uh, you know, is a, a part of this new neighborhood in this little town and it's a fictional town. I looked it up this, um, little town that they've moved to. It's, it's fictional. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not really, uh, there's not a little, um, uh, Bay area, uh, suburban, um, town named that. Um, but I'm sure it was probably modeled off of a couple of real ones, I'm sure. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, there's a lot of interesting folks uh, in, in, in this town. And one of them is named Sherry. Fucking Sherry. She's going to be my, like, fucking Bev <laughs> for <Yeah>. this show. <laughs> Don't like this For different woman. reasons, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. Different <laughs> reasons, but valid reasons, nonetheless. Uh-huh. Uh, don't Don't like her. And I think she's playing with fire and she does not know it yet she does not know the enemy she's making Uh uh-uh i i i I have a feeling that she could end up being murdered by love um and i think that she's i think that she sealed her fate as soon as love heard her talking shit about 40 and laughing about his death Mm -hmm. and which man i miss 40 yeah, me too. I never too. would have thought that happened. There's I, another, just to kind of give you an insight of me binging through. Yeah. I remember when I got to season two, like the first like two episodes when we first are introduced to 40. Oh, yeah. As just in, in the in the, in the the store, in the grocery store. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow, this guy's the biggest douche I've ever seen in my life. And he is obnoxious and pretentious and I hate him so much. And then by like the next episode, by like three or four, I was like, 
I love 40 all my life and every, he needs everything. Protect like, him. I, I, just, yep. I just want him to be happy and I want him to be able to accomplish <laughs> the things he wants to accomplish. He needs some kind of validation. Yes. This poor man. <laughs> and so the fact that they could do that to me and then have him taken from me at the end, I'm like, oh, I'm so sad. I know. I know. <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure we felt the same about 40, uh, the, those first couple episodes, because I'm like, are right. you kidding me? Uh, and then, you know, kind of grew to love him as well. Yeah. Um, I don't think I don't think I'm going to feel that way about Sherry, because I know even just my no. second episode, <laughs> absolutely hate her. And, you know, I think she has deeper ulterior motives and. I think it's going to come back and, and bite her in the ass. Um, yeah, I, I think, and this is me just reading into it because it's not, you know, I could be wrong. But, I mean, she's she's famous. She's like Instagram, right. blog, podcast, mommy, mommy blogger. blogger. Yep. That's, and so now there's another very famous person who just moved into their town. Yeah. And the fact that, you know, she kind of, her minions, these... These other people. Ugh. The reason she's in charge is because she's the one that has the fame and the money and can kind of boss people around. So I, she might see love as a threat of like, oh, she's also rich and famous. Mm-hmm. What if, what if, <clears throat> you know, these friends that I treat like crap move over to her now because she's better? Yeah. So she's she, attacking, it's, striking first. <laughs> yeah, striking first. Yeah, I think it's a total power trip for her. Um and I think she's – I think it's total, like, mean girl mentality. She's queen mm-hmm. bee. Um, and I was – I I just I, – I can't stand her. And I really wish Love would have put gluten in those cupcakes just to fuck with her. <laughs> right. Um, Not that she'd eat them anyway. Right. Well, and – oh, yeah. Just absolutely despicable. And, you know, if you have to look at the moms, you know, if you look at, look at Love and you look at Sherry as far as moms, I think I would rather – have love as a mom mm-hmm. over Sherry just in this instance oh, yeah. if, if we're going to go down that route um, <laughs> love will probably poison the your bullies at school and you know she might you know take out a couple of your competitors if you're in some kind of sports competition or something mm-hmm. for you Sherry is going to yell at you because you're, you don't look picture perfect in her Instagram um, right. you know so yeah I think think that's yeah she she sounds absolutely terrible to me um and when she's sitting there talking like she has all of these like underhanded comments about uh love's mom and mm-hmm. you know oh does she, does she drink is it pills and then she talks about 40s death and then she she's sitting there talking about how like losing one twin is like losing both as she's sitting there talking to love like she's the other yeah. twin um, and then, of course, she makes digs about her business. And then you mentioned the minions who just agree with everything that she says. And I'm like, what are you what are you are you really that threatened by her? You know, love like looked it up and found that she had a raspberry lemon, you know, wedding cake. So mm-hmm. she makes those lemon raspberry cupcakes for this party. And she makes it, you know, makes them perfect, uh, you know, gluten free, sugar free, all that stuff. Basically, <laughs> fun free. <laughs> yeah. yeah, she put she was like, fucking happiness free. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> I agree. I totally agree. Um, mm-hmm. But you know, she does everything right, and then she has. Then she's like, 
Um, no, I'm just not much on, you know, raspberry or lemon. And then that fucking vocal fry. That was <laughs> where I'm like, can we double back to the stabbing Sherry in the eye thing? Yeah. That we mentioned earlier. Can we double back on that? Like, you know, I'm kind of on board with that now. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, I'm not really. Well, okay, no, we're not doing that. I yeah, <laughs> I'm done with that. And then to like yell at love because her kids got into the cupcakes and, you know, you're spiking their blood sugar um you know i what mom what kind what helicopter mom is not giving their kids fruit yeah there's, there's no sugar fruit. free there's sugars in there's sugar and raspberries we don't let them have fruit there's so many things wrong with that i mean it's, I, it's the best satire yeah because that's it's one thing i do love about this show is i i enjoy how it loves to point fun at the overly progressive and hipster stereotypes. Yes. I I really love that, you know, with Dottie's shamans and the whole, yeah, happiness free foods. And, you know, these are paleo and keto and this and and just all the trends and food trends and everything about Sherry. But I have a couple of like little things I thought were really funny, like that fit that, uh, that I I just caught through the episode. Mm -hmm. Um. Like, of course, she's drinking some wine. She's like, oh, this is from my friend's vineyard. They 3D print their wine barrels. That was one uh, of these little hipster culture jokes. Uh, You know, Mm -hmm. daddy's microdosing ketamine. It's his special time. That was one. Uh, The intermittent fasting. uh, Let's see. Oh, what does Andrew say? He goes, oh, yeah. I got to go talk to Les. He's sourcing us a French bulldog. (laughs) What? (laughs) What? Is this a thing? <laughs> Just a one percenter so, yeah. thing or something that I guess I uh, don't know anything about. Right. A TED Talk themed children's birthday party. Uh, yeah. <sighs> well, how do I get an invite to a kid's birthday party where iPads are the party favors that I get sent no at the end? shit. Right? <laughs> yeah. I could use me a new iPad. Yeah. So, yeah. So, just the, the satire of like... Like I said, like this over-progressive hipster culture. It's I like, love it's it. It's so funny. It's so funny. Yeah. <laughs> I love how they, they poke fun. Yep. Because it's, it's just so um, over the top, and it's just fun yeah. to kind of laugh about it. Um, but, but yeah, she's she's definitely just the worst. And um, I, I, I don't think it's going to be, like, end well for Sherry. She, she's just a terrible mm. person. And I don't like how, you know, and it makes me feel uh, love is a terrible person, too. Uh, and she's a murderer. And I get all that. But I kind of felt bad for her um, in this episode. You know, she's obviously got a lot of stress on her now because she's found out that uh, her parents, uh, I guess their their Quinn money is in flux, whatever the hell that means. Mm-hmm. Um so she, here she is. She's she has to make this bakery a success. And like her mom said, you're like a, you know, ground zero for keto peak keto here. Right. And she's opening a, a bakery and, you know, the the location, other businesses have just like failed and not done very well. So she's got a lot riding on this. And then now she's dealing with like this terrible person because knowing if she had Sherry's influence, like if, you know, because Sherry is like so Instagram popular if you know and I probably considered an influencer that if she won her over and she was willing to promote 
you know, loves bakery or her business, what that would do for her. But all she keeps doing is like, like shitting all over it and is just, I think, completely threatened by her. And I think it's just Mm -hmm. not going to end well. um, Well, at the end of the episode, when the bakery is open and Sherry and Carrie (laughs) husband, (laughs) of course, of course they have rhyming names. Why wouldn't they? Of course, yes. You know, are jogging past and and love like kind of smiles and waves at her. And she just like gives her this look and then the cold shoulder after. I was like, oh, you are literally digging your grave with that. Way to go, Sherry. (laughs) Yeah, she has no clue. No clue what she's doing, but yeah, just mm-hmm. absolutely the worst. So, um, it'll be it'll be interesting to see what happens moving forward. Uh, what is your number three? Um, I'm gonna go ahead and just glom onto that because I've talked about it a lot. So I'm not adding right. to it because I have uh, that is one of my points. Is yeah, Sherry and her minions, and so I've talked a lot about that. I used to love getting sick of her fast, and I think I am too. Uh, yes. <laughs> But I did like her. You know, she doesn't bow to it. I mean, she desperately wants to fit in. And she's feeling as alone as ever right now, even in her own marriage. But I'm glad that she doesn't abandon her own self to please these people. Because even after their like little bit at the gym or whatever, and before they're inviting her out to coffee, and she just stops. And she goes, is it just me or is everyone in this conversation calling me fat? Oh like God. she calls them yeah. out for it. She does. I love it. <clears throat> Friggin' love it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's one of the things that starts Sherry being like, oh, she won't just grovel at my feet and join my ranks. So yeah, gonna, if she won't join, then we're going to have to push her out. because Oh, she's a- <laughs> well, and, and when Love is like, you know, oh, well, yeah, I've got a little blog and blah, blah. And Love's like, hmm, I haven't read it. You know, I think right. I think I think that just really burned Sherry, you know, and then, mm-hmm. you know, so she got her back for that you know, uh, comment, I think, but I, I think, yeah, I agree with you. Sherry's like, okay, I see where you're at. I'm yeah. Uh, you know, it, it, the shows, it's not worried about the COVID of everything, but I thought it was funny. At least they made one little, you know, a one-off joke yep. regarding it. At least it was about Sherry hosting a big party during peak quarantine time at her house and how she had to make a public apology for it. <clears throat> Stuff like that. I was like, yeah, that's, that's funny. It's, and then they just leave it with that. But it's like, okay, so they made it a note to it. Be like, yes, okay, we, you know, register that that happened, but we're not going to make that a big thing in the show. So it's like, okay. Good. Yeah, it was weird they even mentioned <laughs> it, though, because it's like, it kind of messes with the timeline of things. So I guess we just have to not think about it too much, that they're at least going to somewhat acknowledge it. And I guess the ridiculousness of, like, people like Sherry and, yeah. you know, so, and how terrible of a person she is, I guess. <laughs> so... <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was weird. I was like, oh, is, is that what we're going to talk about? Or we're just not going to talk about it? Or like, we're not acknowledging it and it's not a thing anymore. So I don't know. Because we're still yeah. in it. We're still in it, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> so. we definitely are. Right. Uh, but yeah, just, and then Joe and Love judging everybody at the party. I love they were there, like, Google judging Wasn't beforehand. Wasn't so great? And then I was like, oh, they're, they're bonding over being, like, stalking people on Facebook and on Google and and being able to judge them that way. Doesn't Andrew everyone Jackson, really? do that? Oh. Doesn't everyone, like, check, right. check them out on, check out everyone's socials before they, oh, like, yeah. when they're, like, hmm, let's, let's learn who these people are. <laughs> yeah, but there was some great, Joe had some hilarious lines. At he this, always does. Like, at the, at the both parties, as he's, like, meeting with people, because it was a, <clears throat> the party at Sherry's house where he's talking with Carrie, Carrie showing him the grill, is, is he flirting with me or inviting me to join Fight Club? Which <laughs> I think both. <laughs> well, what do you think? Yeah, <laughs> maybe. Uh, yeah, I don't know about Carrie. Um, we'll see. <laughs> I, 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 
I knows? think there's some kind of suburban swing club happening there. Mm-hmm. If, if you if if you ask me, that's what I'm thinking. Share. He's got to spend all his time and energy on just Sherry. That's a lot. So, yeah, yeah. I don't blame him. <laughs> I, I think he was. He had a little comment. Enjoy the meat. Uh huh. Enjoy some meat. Enjoy some, yep. Yep. And then at the birthday party when he's talking, ah, I I didn't write down Gil. I think is it Gil? Is one of the other guys. Uh, where he's like, you know, oh, I read to the kids at the library. You should come by sometime. Maybe we can carpool. And his. <laughs> I'd rather lose another finger than carpool with Mormon Neville Longbottom. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) I love Neville. Cracked up. (laughs) (sighs) So funny. But yeah, uh, when Natalie and Matthew arrive at the party at Sherry's and I was like the gossipy group, the tea spillers, team twinings. uh, They're (laughs) more than happy to warn love about her being such a horrible cheater and man stealer and all these things. But again, it's that like kind of satirical way of talking. It was like, we're all so feminist. We would never say she stole another, you know, man. Mm. But, uh, mm, you know. <laughs> yeah. Of course, they have to point that out. It's, oh, it's just something good to know for somebody who lives next door. Like, just stirring the pot. That's all they're doing. I mean, maybe they're not wrong. <laughs> they're kind yeah. of on exactly what she's doing. Well, again, but. I mean, it could be true. I mean, are they gossiping about it? Maybe shouldn't just... You know, mind your own business, but of course, most neighborhoods don't. They all have their little mini gossip mm-hmm. sessions. But you know, she was making moves on Joe. So did yeah. she? Ha- did did that happen? Maybe. I mean, it. You know, doesn't look so good on her, considering what we know about what she did with Joe. Um, right. So who knows? So it might be true, but mm. we don't know. But it's just so that that's a whole other thing in this mm-hmm. neighborhood with Joe and Love trying to to live the life they do. Is you have. An entire community of the nosiest people in existence. Oh my gosh! Yeah, They'll just live to get in each other's business and and talk about it and spout about it. It's not the best place to have you know two serial killers trying to lay low. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Uh, my number three. I wanted to talk a little bit about love and you know like what what she does um, and how passionate she is Um, because, you know, if everyone should, you know, anyone who Joe turns his eye on, you should be careful because love will take you out. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, and I think part of what instigated some of that with, with Sherry was love or sorry, not Sherry, um, but with Natalie, Uh, when Natalie uh, lied and, and we mentioned it earlier, you know, lying about, Joe being at her place, which made Love realize something must have happened. Um, and yeah, Love did also learn that Natalie may have also been a quote bad person by women in the na- neighborhood because they do think Natalie maybe stole Matthew from his first wife with whom he had a son. And, you know, it's, it was, it's fun for me anyway. And, and that's what kind of made it fun in season two when we learned who love was what kind of person she was because you didn't know till nearly the end um but it's fun for me to watch joe be out crazy by someone because yeah (laughs) he's like oh no what have i gotten myself into yeah it is i love it i love that she's like so impulsive and that she's reactive 
and Joe, who's like, they're both the same people. And that's what we talked about, like with the therapy scenes, like Joe is, you know, um, he's, they're both the same. They both kill people and they are both the same people, but they handle things in a different way. Joe is, you know, more methodical and he thinks things out. Um, Love is just very uh, impulsive. She gets pissed and she just does it. Like, I don't know what her, you know, what she, how she had planned to 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 kill Natalie or if she had planned to kill her and why she lured her was she just going to confront her um or what because she just and and you knew I mean you knew things didn't look great for Natalie um but if you know getting to know love as soon as uh, they were walking in the ba- like oh man and when she said there was a basement I was like oh no <laughs> no basements don't do well in this show no just and I mean, last season was a storage unit, but I mean, it started out with a basement there at the bookstore, and mm. you're just like, no, 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 don't show her the basement. And then as soon as that look came across Love's face, um, right before she picked up that axe, it was like, uh oh, I'm sorry, mm-hmm. Natalie. Um, and it was a little hard. And at first, I wasn't sure if it was one of those because you know what happens a lot, um, like we saw with Joe in the parking lot at the grocery store when. Um, we didn't know it at the time, but Natalie knocks like on his window and then she climbs into his lap and I was like, oh shit. And I should have known better. That was quick. I know. I was like, I should have known better because he's really just masturbating and having this fantasy thing. And I, and I thought this that this is what this, um, is what was happening is that she was fantasizing about killing Natalie, but no, she really did. And so I I enjoy watching love and how she reacts to the situations um, and how she freaks out and she doesn't think things through um, and, you know, asks Joe to help, you know, help me clean this up, help me figure it out um, and, and watching him try to figure it out. So I I am enjoying her and how she's, you know, actually kind of coming to the realization in, in therapy about her own issues and um you know like she's like yeah i i am impulsive but what's what's wrong with that like you know why why is it the way i do things people seem to think it's wrong so i i enjoy her and i think she's fun to watch but boy she's kind of a she's got a hair trigger for sure yeah and it's funny to, you know, kind of hear and see Joe talk about it. Because he's like, I'm going to be burying bodies till I'm 70 years old. <laughs> yeah. Which, yeah. <laughs> and, it, and, it's, and I'm glad that they brought back, you know, the, uh, because it was like, well, they just kind of left that hanging out there from season two when Joe nearly killed her. And and mm-hmm. didn't as soon as she yelled I'm pregnant you know he's he stopped and then it jumps ahead in time to them moving in in this neighborhood and and her being pregnant you're like well wait a minute so everything just okay now did right did did they come to a resolution here and make up and play nice um, and I guess that they didn't they didn't I don't think really talked about it at all they just kind of went into this you know um, uh, playing family kind of situation so i you know i like that you know she she brought that up with him too like you know if if it weren't for him you know i wouldn't even be alive um so i don't know i i think she's smart but i'm enjoying watching her she's 
a, a favorite character for me, and I love watching her play off of Joe. Yeah, they're they're like the same but contrasting views um, and methods. So, um, what is your number two? Um, I'm actually going to go. That that ties in perfectly. Perfect transition because you're talking about them kind of playing family. And and pick up on that. So uh, my my number two, just trouble in paradise, is seeing what their marriage and relationship. You know, kind of skip to all of that, but then seeing really what it is under the surface. Yeah. Uh, of course, it starts off. You know, with him being like, "I'm doing all this for my daughter, for my daughter." She, 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 and then mm-hmm. it's a boy. Oh fuck! Like immediately, he's like everything is out the window. Yep. He's planned this entire purpose for a daughter, and then. You know, I, I feel like, you know, he's definitely going to be able to find purpose as a father eventually, but it's just this whole mental reset he immediately has to go through. Like, oh, that's not what I thought was happening. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and it does. It just kind of knocks their entire relationship off balance to start with once they're moved in together and they've got this house here. And it, it's kind of hard. It was kind of hard watching them struggle to like each other even yeah and like live together where they're just just needling at each other in every single way they could and finding excuses to be mad at each other yes um some of them make sense but uh, others were kind of a reach but uh i mean she he saw what she's capable of last season yep and it scared him like the therapist said you know it's like looking into a mirror you know, but he, cause he did the same things. Like I said, even if it's kind of a different avenue, but he killed people because they were not good for Beck and that they were not him. So that's kind of the same thing we have from love is these people are a danger to their family and they're not good for Joe because they're not her and they're not their family. And mm-hmm. it's, it's the same thing. Uh, but one of the biggest ones, yeah, the scene on the couch, Joe's reading, Tinder is the night that uh, hmm. Natalie left for him, which a book about infidelity. I yeah, say book about infidelity, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but he he was, I think, in, in this instance, love was right to kind of snap at him because he was focusing on that book a little too much over her. Yeah, like you know they would kiss and then he'd look back at the page or he'd do that and then he'd look back and he was constantly trying to look back at the book and part of it was because Natalie left this for me and he that obsession was still there. And so, you know, he's purposely distant from her in those moments. And so she was right uh, on that one. Uh, mm-hmm. I did like the banter within that about the pastry and stuff, though, where he's like, eh, it's okay. And she's like, exactly. And that's the best one in town, apparently. I can do way better than that. Yes. Gives her that idea. So I did like that. But then there's a lot of, like, ugh, heaviness. Just watching, because you're just like, I want, you know, why am I rooting for these two sociopathic empathic murderers to have a happy just life. I don't know, but I am. Happy. And- <laughs> just want them to be normal and happy and not kidnap people and kill people and just raise <laughs> right. their baby in suburbia. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and we, we do get an answer during kind of one of their fights as to why having a son instead of a daughter was such a bother to Joe. And it's just, yeah, it's not, it's not that having a boy was a problem. He's cause she was like, cause he's like, we were supposed to have a daughter. And it's like, what the fuck does that matter? And he's like, it It doesn't, really. But it's like, but we had planned for this. Everything was based off of our daughter, our daughter, our daughter. Mm-hmm. And it's like, for that to switch, immediately it feels like things are going wrong from the start. Yeah. 
Like that, that he said, I don't have the exact quote, but that's why he was just like, it feels like it's a sign that we're doomed right from the beginning because the thing that this is based off of was not what we were told. <laughs> well, and it, it's, it's, it's like you were saying, it's like he's looking for things to be wrong. I mean, you're, yeah. you're setting yourself up for failure there. If you automatically think, well, we planned for having a daughter. We thought we were having a daughter. turns out we're having a son. Well, we're just doomed. It's just all, this is not great. Um, well then, no, it's not going to be with that attitude. <laughs> You know? right. <laughs> I'm sure he's a great kid. Just give him some time. Emma. Well, I mean, it's it's so funny when he's sitting there like his baby's being like so chill there at the library. And he's like, why do you hate me? And the baby's just like <laughs> looking at him like, I don't know what your problem is, dude. I'm just chilling, right. you know. <laughs> uh-huh. Baby was so cute. Oh, yeah. Uh, little Henry is adorable. <laughs> but uh, yeah. And then she's asking him, like, are you obsessing over her? Where he's like, no, no, it's not that at all. I'm like, mm-hmm. she she knows him very well. Uh, she can tell obsessing. Uh, I felt like this is kind of on the nose. I was like, it's kind of a pun almost because it's such a fitting analogy for Joe. But she can read him like a book. Uh, yeah. you know? <laughs> <laughs> she, she really can. And I don't know who he's trying to fool. He knows he is. He know you know, so... With him being, oh, no, it's not like that with her at all. Yes, it is. Just own up to it. Of course, maybe he didn't want to because she would kill her, <laughs> which she did. She so, did. She eliminated that weakness. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, then then the heavy stuff, like the bombshell that really hit kind of near the end of the uh, second episode was, you, you mentioned it earlier, but it is something that kind of hits where I'm like, oh, man, that actually is really rough. Mm-hmm. That love has a good point and worry when they pull up to this kind of construction zone where they're going to be laying out the concrete the next day or whatever. The fact that Joe had a solid backup burial spot ready to go is unsettling. Like what she's hinting at is like, like, so it's like, you're going to know what to do if you ever decide that you're tired of me and I need to go, Mm -hmm. you know, that you've already been thinking about places to make somebody disappear. She's got a good point. It is unsettling to her. Uh, and that's where they have that argument that really breaks some ground. <laughs> Didn't even mean that pun as we're standing there <laughs> next to that. Uh, but uh, <laughs> but yeah, when she's talking about, when they talk about Henry, he goes, he is the only reason I'm alive. How do you think that makes me feel? Yeah. And then Joe goes, I will be burying bodies until I'm 70 years old because if I'm not 100% into you all the time, you'll keep killing people. She goes, but if I'm not enough for you, you'll kill me. And and there yeah. we are. There we are. We're yeah. kind of like at this crossroads um, moment for them. Because I think they're right. And they can't yeah. trust each other. Yeah. And then whatever version of that story they told to the therapist, that she was able to really hit that big breakthrough with them that we talked about earlier with their fear of abandonment and these issues. Mm-hmm. So we're starting to see maybe there is hope for them. And at the end of the episode, end of episode two, they are kind of coming back together and realizing that they can make this work and that they really do love each other if they can see past their own fears and insecurities about themselves. And so a big way of doing that is like the return of the cage. Uh, <laughs> oh, my gosh. Right. They're safe space. Right. How <laughs> therapized. Uh, but, you know, and they put it in the basement of the bakery as a place to lock away ingredients i assume is their cover-up for that yes, like, we of don't course. want people breaking in and stealing our 
expensive ingredients. Of course so not. you have to hide it in this clear case with air holes. That's don't worry about it. Everyone has um, one. <laughs> All right. the new bakeries have them. <laughs> but then I love the fact that unbeknownst to each other, they both hide spare oh. keys in separate places just in case. Just so they, in case. Mostly trust each other again. They're working on it. Um, Baby steps. <laughs> right. Baby steps. <laughs> Gosh, can you imagine? Can you imagine? <laughs> I mean, it's so... You just have to, with this show, embrace like how uh the absurdity i guess right. of it you know and that's <laughs> when you get past like all the um like any plot holes or just like what that doesn't make any sense um no some of it doesn't and it's completely um crazy but i i do embrace the absurdity and once you do that you can just really enjoy the show for what it is but yeah, yeah. i mean can you even imagine like well just in case my spouse locks me in this murder cage uh, or, or holds me hostage for a little while because I'm being impulsive or out of control, um, you know, then then I, I'm going to hide a key so I can get out because I don't trust him. It's it's too funny. I mean, I get trust issues in a relationship, but this is definitely on another level. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they take it to an extreme. Sure do. Sure. I love it. <laughs> it's so good. Um well, my number two kind of tied in, you know, with a lot of what you said, and it comes out a lot in Joe's narration, which um, it's fun. I've really missed uh, listening to Joe's, uh, his own narration. He's definitely a, a, an unreliable narrator for sure. Um, but, it, and it's interesting how much, because he is the one, it's kind of like with Dexter, you know, Dexter had, you know, um, the same thing. We, you know, he was the main character in the show and he had this narration. And so we, you know, only like really had his perspective for the entire, um, you know, thing. And we have the same thing w with Joe and it, it's, it's funny how much, you know, it, it's colored, like how he like, oh, well loves playing the victim and I'm the villain and you know um, how we're getting that perspective and you know to hear him talk about how bad love is and how hard he has it and I'm like the hypocrisy continues you know uh, here in season three and yeah. you know because Joe's like oh you know I hate how love killed people and manipulated me but also Joe you know well I had a good reason to kill this person and manipulate that person. So it's okay. You know, mm, right. <laughs> his lack of self-aware, his lack of self-awareness is I think just hilarious. Um, mm -hmm. You know, he's, a, he's a truly awful person, but I love how, how well-written he is. Um, his yeah. character, you know, I mean, think back to season one, what was really funny for me in season one. And I know this is fresh in, in your mind was when he was stalking peach while mm. peach was stalking Bex. You know? Yeah, you're watching her in the bathtub. How, what a what a horrible break in privacy. You know, it's like, as he's standing there watching too. Like, dude, do you not hear yourself? <laughs> so, so that's that's mostly my point. Is just this hypocrisy that's continued, and how I just like, dude. You know, no. love is exactly like it's like what the therapist was talking about. It's like you guys are like a mirror image of each other. You know, they react mm -hmm. and respond a little bit differently than each other. But you both are murderers, you know, and you both manipulate people. Um, 
but yeah, we we get that perspective from him. So I I really and en- en- just enjoy the shit out of that. You know, um, his dialogue and you know, kind of seeing that trend continue. Yeah. So that was my number two anyway. So, um, what is your number one? All right. Um, we've probably covered most of it, but I can circle back to one that I mentioned earlier, which is just kind of Joe and Natalie, their relationship, just what I had, (laughs) the point I've got left, um, is again, and we've talked a lot about it, how quickly Joe is ready to just obsess over somebody new so fast. Oh Yeah. It's like, he can't help himself. Seriously, like it's so it's it's almost it's obnoxious how quickly he's just like, "Hello, All right, you." You know, like yeah, <laughs> uh, I'm married to love who I was obsessed with in all the same ways was spying on her mm-hmm. on her, in her apartment and taking her things last season, but now he's referring to her as a monster and a spider and a prison. You know, yeah, like absolutely. Damn, uh, <laughs> and he's he's ready to move right on. To Natalie, back on his Googling and Facebook bullshit, just oh, learning all about her yeah. and her husband and everything that he can find out. Uh, going, you know, following her. Even the thing is, he sees her get in her car and he takes off. He's like, oh, we're low on diapers. I gotta go. Bye. And <laughs> <laughs> just takes off to go follow her. Uh, follows her to the library and is watching her there. Did you notice the books he's standing beside while he's watching her checking out at the library? Oh, no. I did not. I did not pay attention. Ooh, ooh, you're gonna love this one. Oh, it's the most random of Easter eggs, and I don't understand why they did it, but you're gonna love this. Okay. Okay. So as he's watching Natalie checking out at the library, mm-hmm. there's this kind of rotating display of books that he's standing next to. Yep. And this rotating display is all novels by one Scott Landon. <gasps> Shut up. <laughs> the fictional author from Lisey's Lisey's story. story. Oh my god! Uh, Relic Relics was in that list. That's one that I recognize them mentioning a lot on that show uh, <laughs> that we you know covered. So yeah, so it was all it was an entire like display of Scotland and books that he was standing next to. Why? Where the connection is? Why they decided to put that in as an Easter egg? I don't know, but it's incredible. I was like, does that mean that Scotland and and Lisey and the whole Booyah Moon thing all exist in the same universe as you. Just for my own enjoyment, I'm going to say yes. <laughs> that is so cool. Um, I'm looking it up. I'm trying to find maybe what you're because you're right. It was there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't look at all. And I caught it on my first time watching the episode. I was like, Scotland. And why is that familiar? And it took a second. I was like, oh, my God, we just covered that like not too far back. It's like, man, that's. That's crazy. <laughs> I don't know. I assume just maybe the producers and writers and directors of the show, like whoever made that decision is maybe just a big Stephen King fan. I, and Yeah, I wonder if it's a nod <laughs> maybe to Stephen King because mm-hmm. I think looking through and it sounds like, you know, Stephen King himself kind of gave a shout out to Caroline, uh, and I might mispronounce her last name, so I'm sorry, Caroline Kepnes. Um, her book, which um, her book, um, it, I don't think it's titled "You." I'd have to go back and look, but no, her it's, adaptation, it's a different title, right? Yeah. yeah, so it's it's, but it's her adaptation, or the show is an adaptation based on her book, I should say. Um, mm-hmm. He on Twitter called it an interesting, I guess, on the show. The show was an interesting adaptation of Kepnes's novel. Mm-hmm. So, 
Maybe it was a, like a, yeah. a nice little nod to to Stephen King. So it's a since nod to Stephen King, but it's not just putting a bunch of Stephen King books up there. It's like a direct nod. It's like it's an indirect. Very, like, if you know, you know, kind of reference. Yeah, that I wouldn't have known if we wouldn't have just covered that show somewhat recently. I know, because like, that's one of the Stephen like one of Stephen King's books I never read, and so I wouldn't have known that world really. But it's just serendipitous that we covered Lisey's story not too long ago and so the name of Scott Landon stuck out to me and I was like wow that's cool I'm really embarrassed <laughs> that I missed it I was so focused on Joe and Henry thinking because I'm just sitting here thinking my god Joe she you're right there she's going to see you you know so I'm so focused on on him that I totally was not paying attention to the books I'm embarrassed that I missed it because I'm usually I'm better at picking up the details like that but that was so cool that you that you mentioned that because yeah um, that's a, a nice little indirect yeah. I think Easter egg yeah, because I, I first watched that first episode even before I let you know, before I texted you saying I had caught up and we could <laughs> cover this show soon. Because I went ahead and binged through. And so that was like one of the things that made me like, okay, I got to text Reem and be like, okay, we got to cover you soon. Because <laughs> I was so ready to bring that up. I was like, I just caught this and I don't know if she'll catch it, but that's so cool. <laughs> I love it. I absolutely love it. That's so cool. I'm glad, glad you saw that because it totally went right past me. <laughs> Um, yeah. Anyway, what other notes do I have? Just kind of them, uh, again, one of those kind of funny, you know, self nods to the show where he's having wine with Natalie over at her house. He's like, what do you have? Some kind of checkered past you're trying to hide. (laughs) It's like, well, about that, (laughs) you know, again, maybe, (laughs) but she does. She comes on very strong, very fast, extremely flirty. Um, she probably did feel trapped like Joe was thinking she did and kind of what she was hinting at. Yeah. But I don't know. I, but I don't think he was necessarily anything particularly special because we see, you know, after he's <laughs> disposes of her body the first time and he's going through her phone mm-hmm. and realizes in her texts to her sister or friend or whatever, that he was just the boring neighbor. Yeah. He's like, really? He's like boring neighbor. <laughs> Boring neighbor. That's all it took for him to switch to team Natalie sucks. Well, Very fickle. And, um. and that's that's kind of like a, a point. What you were kind of saying, like he was like just obsessing over love and she's, you know, everything, you know, that he he thought that she was anyway. But as soon as that like veil of imperfection was broken now, like I said, she's a monster. She's a spider. He's trapped. Uh, well, yeah. then he's sitting there obsessing over Natalie, like, oh, well, you've you've been here waiting for me the entire time. We were meant to be. She's the one. Yeah, she's yeah. the one. And she calls him boring neighbor when that's it. He's done with her. It's like, well, it's like, screw you too. Right. Yeah. And it's like, mm. maybe I'm glad love killed you. Um. Exactly. So it just it just shows like how, you know, um, flippant he is. With the like, as soon as his crushes, like, look what happened to Beck, you know, in season one. As soon as you know that veil, um, kind of fell from his eyes uh, about her, then that was it for her. So, you know, Joe is just not the best either. And so I don't blame Love for her fears of like, you know, what happens when you lose interest in me, because that's Mm -hmm. that's exactly what happens. That's his pattern. Yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, whatever happens between him and Natalie, again, it was kind of odd because he's like in this place where he wants to give in to her, but also he's trying to hold on to this 
I'm a husband and a father and I shouldn't be doing this. Yeah. He puts himself in this weird position. Uh, so, but then unfortunately that little moment with Natalie then triggers him to go on. I mean, he has a good like sexual and emotional moment with love after that, but it's all because of, he's still got Natalie on the mind. So it's. And her panties in his hand. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That too. I'm pretty sure he like gave him a good sniff when he brought him up for a second. I'm like, Man, you're giving yourself mixed signals, man. You're, you gotta. <laughs> I mean, oh, as yeah, I would be so, so pissed if I were loved too. Like, yeah, you know, he 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 had just had that encounter with with Natalie, and he comes home and like is so like releases his his sexual frustrations on her that they're doing it in the hallway. Which hey, I'm all about it. No judgment on that, but, you know, just, you know, she's thinking something else, but it was driven from his encounter with Natalie. I would have been freaking yeah. pissed off, too. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, I don't I don't blame. And, and then clutching another woman's underwear, you know, <laughs> at the same time. It's not the best look. No, no, <laughs> no. So but then after kind of their conversations, I think the. Well, it was no, it wouldn't have been after uh, any therapy. So it was before therapy, obviously, because that was after she was killed. But you know, they have conversations, and he does decide. I I'm, I want to focus on family. I want to focus on love. I want to focus on Henry. So he has that moment where Natalie's standing out on her back porch, and he shuts the curtains on her and says, "You know, goodbye, you." And he's able to push her aside. Of course, it's too late for her. But I wonder would he have actually been able to stay away from her long-term if love hadn't killed her? <laughs> Not saying that that's going to like justify love killing her because she would have stayed in the way, but but just knowing who Joe is, would he really have been able to turn that obsession off or, or would, have that, would have just been there in his periphery the whole time? I don't think he, I don't think he would have. I don't think he would have. I Knowing Joe, uh, because he's like, well, I wanted to change. I want to change. I've moved to the burbs and, you know, I'm starting this whole life, you know. Um, but I, Joe lies to himself. Oh, yeah. He, he's totally lying to himself. So while I think he did have good intentions by walking away, I think it was just only a matter of time before something happened again. So Natalie seemed pretty insistent yeah, that something so. was going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> so... <laughs> I don't know. Anything else for your number one? That's it. Okay. Mine is super short and sweet, and it's 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 uh, a speculation or maybe theory, if you will, that uh, what if Henry is not Joe's baby? I had the exact same <laughs> thought. I'm so glad that that is in my like extra notes too. Yes, uh, and we probably have the same thought about that too don't we that, I, I have a feeling what if when Henry starts talking it's he's got an Australian accent I don't know <laughs> <laughs> uh, not that that's how that works I know I'm just teasing but no. you know but yeah um, no that's thinking, exactly I, I had that thought yeah because we never got full confirmation that the baby is Joe's because she was sleeping with Milo for a while as like a rebound when they broke up so I'm wondering if that does come back. I don't. Uh, yeah, because <laughs> I mean, she I think claimed that they had used protection, but 
mm-hmm. she could very well be lying about that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we know that they had a relationship in, in, in that in between time with with her and Joe, and so I mean I don't know, and maybe she doesn't know, but. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I I think that would be an interesting little twist if if we found out that because it's like, you know, especially now that he seems to like feel like he's bonding with the baby, you know, um, and and seems to be like in a better mindset of, of all of that. And it doesn't seem like he's questioned the parentage at all. You know, like, well, hey, love, you were kind of seeing this other guy, you know, kind of around the same right. time, you know. <laughs> and our baby's starting to look kind of like a Hemsworth. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> so, I mean, I don't know because – and I know, like, the therapists and they're trying, it seems, like they're trying to find a way to work things out and not, like, stay together just for the baby – you know, because it would give Joe a good reason to walk away, right? And be like, yeah, you know, well, I don't, he's not mine, so why, why am I staying here? You know, um, if he's so, so miserable, and it sounds like they're, they're trying to not just stay together for the sake of the baby, but you know, find that you know they are a team, and you know, um, find a way to, to, to come together without doing it just for, for their child. Uh, mm-hmm. So I don't know. I think that would be an interesting twist if if that came up later. And knowing this show, it wouldn't surprise me, honestly. Not at all. I mean, the the crazy <laughs> paths that this show goes down. I wonder if it was the same time that you had that thought that I did because it was kind of near the end of the episode, the second episode, after they have their uh, therapist recommended sex. Yes, and. It was great, but then they're like laying next to each other, and she was just like, "I have to tell you something." And she goes on to be like, "I'd kill for you." But there's a moment that, like, for some reason, it, it triggered in my brain. I was like, "What about Milo?" <laughs> like, I was like, "What about that whole thing?" <laughs> yeah, what happened there? Do you have a little more you'd like to share? <laughs> yeah, I don't know, and may and maybe not, but you know, I think it would be an interesting twist. Um, yeah. You know, with the whole family dynamic and stuff. So kind of short and sweet, but I, I, I wanted to call it out and I'm glad, glad you had that thought too. Um, mm-hmm. What about notes? You mentioned earlier, you have a lot of notes. I have so many notes well, to see what I've, it's just, again, it's like a lot of them are like this, the small little random comments. I love it. Uh, again, just like the 40 stuff. Of course, mm-hmm. you know, I've talked about how I, I miss 40, but Joe's bothered by his son being called 40, oh which sore spot. I, I get it. Um, it's hilarious that all throughout he's constantly you know like oh here here now now 40 it's okay his name's henry you know and he's kind of correcting people i laugh I feel like, off. yeah he's he's having to correct calling the baby 40 so often it's gonna start bleeding into other things like yeah uh, i'll go ahead and take a large yeah the henry ounce drink yeah. uh <laughs> yes. party time play some edward henry hands right uh yes <laughs> Score on the serve, Henry Love, which <laughs> actually that fits really super hipstery right there. It's a fun little piece that the Quinn twins are named after tennis scores to begin with. Forty Love, yes. Um, <laughs> Jeez, really? Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, it's just like so this constant like because he even does it himself when he's having that cute little bonding moment in the library with Henry. 
where he even is like 40. Henry, Henry, see, you're in my head. Like <laughs> Exactly. To where even what the uh, Dottie's shaman was saying, Henry is the reincarnation of 40. <laughs> Sheesh. Uh, it's like, which kind of makes sense because he smiles and gets happy every time Dottie shows up and he can't stand to look at me. So. <laughs> I know. The, the lines in this show. So uh-huh. good. So, ah, uh, yes, The Great Gatsby, my favorite children's book. Uh, Don't all kids love Gatsby? Yeah. Um, get a little, tiny little sliver, tiny little morsel of tragic Joe backstory, a little bit more of that. Oh, With a yeah. new kid actor as the young Joe, so maybe this new kid is prepared to carry some more weighty stuff as the season goes. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the librarian. I do too, I, and I'm I worried. I have a feeling for her. we're going to see a lot more of her, and yeah, I get worried for her in that case. But I like her because she's immediately annoyed with the dramatics of Natalie and Joe and stuff. She just rolls with it, but she's immediately like, "Whatever." Yeah, <laughs> gonna have another pretty girl, you know, choose a book for you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Joe taking his rage out on the garbage bags was that's legit. Great. That's legit. Oh, I, I totally feel you on those things. Yes, I was like, I'm there. We're, but that moment, because it's like, so how did you deal with the aftermath of your fight? And it cuts to him with the, <laughs> the garbage bags. He's like, fuck love, fuck her, fuck this, fuck whoever made these garbage bags. What fucking end are the fucking perforated lines on? Fuck this fucking. And I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah, maybe I haven't used them in the same way and same purpose, but uh, I can totally relate to being, yeah. you know, having, in a, being in a pissy mood and having to deal with the freaking garbage. Garbage bag. <laughs> <laughs> but the way he's just like turning them over and over, I've had that exact same incident. It's like, does this thing actually open? What the hell? Yes, where does it um, end? Where's the cutoff? Which end is, does it open at? <laughs> yep, yep. Relatable. <laughs> Feel those. Um, somebody we didn't talk about at all is Theo. Um, and there's something off with this kid, and I don't trust him. Uh, was racking my brain trying to figure out where I knew him from, and then finally came to me. Is like, oh, Dylan Arnold, uh, Cameron Elam from the new Halloween movies. Oh, uh, okay. yeah, that's where I knew him. He's got a punchable uh, face. I don't know about that that kid. Yeah, but there's something about him, just the whole femme gen major thing. Yeah, like he's just that kind of guy. It feels like he's just using that to make a girl feel comfortable, but he's still a creep. Like, she says she's married, and then he keeps chatting her up, ending it with banging body. You're just doing it all. And then snagging one of the beers as tax. And I just get bad vibes from him. Yeah. Uh, I do, too. Mentions the place, the bakery, because he's, like, fishing for information on her. But the the bakery that she's opening, their location, oh, where Sweet Dreams used to be. Uh, before that was Curry Home for Dinner. The pun name is a requisite. Which love follows through with that, with a fresh tart. So that's good. Uh, <laughs> yes, I love it. But yeah, I I don't know what to, to think about him. And then, Mm-mm. of course, Love can't help herself and brings cupcakes to Matthew at the end to kind of dig for information. How What's going on with Natalie? Uh, and then that's when she realizes that Theo, which the relationship is so weird. He's Matthew's stepson from his previous marriage. So it's not even his son, but it's like, it's his ex-wife's son that he's like whatever and then he cheated on her and was with natalie but he still has a relationship 
with the son of the woman he cheated on. I don't know how that all ties together. It's very... Something's fishy with him. Very weird. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, something's off with him. Yeah. Uh, see, Joe using the crying baby method to get out of somewhere very quick, allowing him to steal a rare book, doctor it up, sell it off to get funds for Ellie. Yeah. They did mention that, which I'm glad he's still doing that. Yeah. Uh, then, of course, he doctors up the one that he did actually check out in order to score a job at the library. So we'll see how that goes. He's still up to his old tricks with the books. Mm-hmm. We get that terrifying reveal at the party uh, to Joe. When Natalie's husband realizes that when talking to Carrie, uh, that Natalie's husband made those super Fitbit style rings. Oh God! With GPS yes, tracking on the them. rings. And he's like, "Oh shit!" <laughs> like, Gotta go dig her back up. <laughs> Which leads to another one of my great lines when they have to go dig her back up. <laughs> you want to leave him in the car? That's like bad parenting one hundred and one. Witness witnessing us dig up a body isn't. Uh, <laughs> I love it. It's so absurd. <laughs> well, at his age, his depth perception's not that good, and you should know that. Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> so twisted. I love it. <laughs> um, one other little thing I noticed that I was just is the scene where Joe's watching and admiring love playing with Henry after they see the rabbits mm-hmm. and they're outside in their backyard. They drop the audio of the show and just have music playing, and then they threw in some recorded baby sounds because that baby was clearly crying and not having a good time through that whole scene. <laughs> I'm watching his face, and I was like, that must have been the best take they could get, and they did what they could with right. it. Right. Because I just noticed that. I was like, look at the kid's face. It's like, because she's like, oh, I am playing with him, and he is like not having it. He is, that, that is a cry face if I've ever seen one. Yeah. You, d- you got to do what you got to do. <laughs> Babies don't always hit their mark. <laughs> no. It's a terrible actor. Yes. No. <laughs> that's uh, funny. I thought that was funny. Uh, and then, yeah, I think that's that's about it. Oh, that's good notes. That we talked about. So, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I love <laughs> the lines. So many good one-liners. Um one of them, so, I mean, I know I laughed out loud when they were talking about VR porn, and Joe was like, we as a species deserve to go extinct. <laughs> and uh, you signed a lease for our crime scene? That was a good so one. So good. Um, and, yeah, you mentioned uh, all the others, too. Just make me laugh. Uh, I I thought it was funny when Joe was following Natalie um, and he just slyly, when he does pick up her underwear off the floor, he was mm-hmm. nabbing it like it was nothing. Like it was a collectible in a video game. Whoop. Just, shoop, yeah. you know, <laughs> on and, and moving on like it was nothing. Yeah. Um, I wonder if there's going to be any more. To, I, we kind of mentioned it just in passing about Dottie telling love, uh, you know, about the Quinn family finances, you know, being in flux and that she may not be able to help love with the lease. I I wonder what that's about and how that will kind of come into play and if we'll find out more about that and kind of what's going on um, and how that's going to affect them. I don't know if it's just something that maybe puts pressure on them, maybe that they're not going to have as much availability to, to funds or if there's something more to it. I don't know. Yeah. Um, Oh, we talked about the therapy and how they were using their euphemisms about breaking a vase um, mm-hmm. and the hiding of the keys in the safe space in the murder basement. 
Um, yeah, I think that's all I've got too. I think, I think that was pretty well rounded for the first two episodes. I like, I like yeah. the introduction. There was a lot in the first episode, you know, kind of where are they, you know, what town are they in mm-hmm. or where are they now? Where did they move to? Where did they settle? Meeting the people and kind of expanding this little world. You know, they're out of LA and there's a new crowd uh, of people and we're kind of getting, you know, some introductory to them. So there was some good setup for the season and I think it's just off to such a great start. I was really into these first yeah. two <laughs> two episodes. Um, well, that was great. Always quite a colorful cast of characters every season you get introduced to. They never fail <laughs> to just come up with just like the worst of the worst. You know, like you said, these, um, you know, trendy, hipster, uh, you know, suburban you know, um, so it's 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 fun to kind of see the extreme of that and how well yeah. they 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 do that in this show. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's really good. I can't wait to watch the next two. Um, yeah. Okay. Well, let's get into our listener feedback. Um, it was great to see, you know, folks that were excited that you know we were going to be talking about the show again. So we did get some listener feedback. Um, why don't you take that first one? All right, this one comes from Don Elizabeth. says, I've only watched the first episode and half of the second, but wanted to get in on the comments in time. Joe is just as horrible as I remembered from the first two seasons, and love isn't much better. <laughs> At this point, all I can say is I'm interested to see where this is going. Glad you're taking this show on. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, Doug Fix says, Well, just when I thought Joe was going to slip by, strange indeed, you trapped him in the murder room. <laughs> where did you guys score the plexiglass? As Joe first appears on screen, I wanted to slap the shit out of him. You know, just because. As I begin to watch, I was like, hey, this is like Dexter with a bookstore. And it appeared they are basically going to plug in all the season one and season two tropes. Bookstore, coffee shop, bakery, snotty, rich gal, influencer, yada yada, the formula works. I found Natalie a great addition as she was the aggressor toward Joe and there was not much stalking before the almost seduction. When Joe and Lev go to the cocktail party, I almost expected Deanna from Alexandria to greet them and Sasha to blow a gasket. Get me a pasta maker. Cool ring camera shot, though. And everyone at the party is doucher, of course. Natalie appears that she can be an ally against the mafia for Love and Joe has put away um, his usual urges. And what does she do? Kills the one interesting character in the episode. Uh, She is not a stay-at-home mom on the verge of insanity. She's insane. Yes, couples (laughs) therapy and perhaps electroshock therapy is probably a good idea. Body removal skills are on point, and Misty from Yellow Jackets would be proud. (laughs) I will call bullshit on one aspect in episode two. They assemble a new room together and don't argue once. Baloney. Is the room a special order item or does Ikea have them in stock? Asking for a friend. (laughs) Look for the hidden keys to make a later appearance, my bet. And down the road, I see Joe hooking up with the bookstore babe in love with the college kid. Commence the body count. Looking forward to hearing your takes. Oh, yeah. The keys are definitely going to come up again. Oh, yeah. (laughs) We're not going to see the keys just for that flash of when they're hiding them and not see them again. Mm. Yeah. Oh yeah. Things are going by the end of this season, things are going to be completely off the rails. I just have a strong feeling and about that. That's kind of how this goes. Can't wait. Can't wait. <laughs> Thanks, Doug. Appreciate it. Mm-hmm. We've got one more that comes from Sadie, Wright, Who says, sweet finished season three about a month ago. I think really good. The show stressed my husband out so badly he couldn't handle more than one episode a night and sometimes needed a day or two between them. 
<laughs> it's stressful. It's it, like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. My right God. Oh. Yeah, just one thing after another. That's awesome. Thank you, Sadie. Yeah. yeah, so we were talking about that as we're kind of late to the game on this season of this show. So we yeah, are. you said you've already finished it. But thanks for, for giving us feedback and maybe you're re-watching it and maybe it's easier on your husband since he's already seen it at this point. Absolutely. Like, oh, no, if he's watching with you. Absolutely. Uh, rewatch it and we'd love to hear more thoughts if you're doing so. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I'm having a good time with it. And I, again, I don't know that we'll get a whole lot of listener feedback just because, you know, um, I know everyone's kind of past it, but, um, you know, I hope that you'll either listen to us or maybe feel free to chime in if there's a couple of episodes, you know, that you're, you know, feeling strongly about, um, or have some thoughts about, cause you know, we're interested in hearing about it. Um, okay. So what is next? Um, but yeah, thank you everyone anyway, um, for sending in feedback. I appreciate it. Um, so next week on Strange Indeed, we'll be covering um, episodes three and four. So remember, we're covering two episodes. Be sure to watch them both or leave feedback for both. Um, third episode is titled Missing White Woman Syndrome. And episode four is titled Hands Across Madre Linda, which is the name of the town that they're in. Um, yeah, I, I'm guessing episode three, if I have, I, I didn't put in any descriptions because Netflix is a little spoilery with their descriptions. But I mean, I feel like we kind of maybe know where that's leading is it looks like maybe finally somebody is realizing Natalie's missing, maybe. <laughs> so <laughs> probably going to focus a little bit on that is my mm-hmm. guess. So anyway, look forward to that. Um, and we are excited for you to follow us into the murder basement. But until then, you can follow us on Twitter at Strange TCast. You can like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash StrangerTCast. Uh, you can email us at StrangerThingsCastPod at gmail.com. And you can also find us on the TV Time app. You can find Strange Indeed and a bunch of other great podcasts at podcastica.com. Go out and leave a review for Strange Indeed on Apple Podcasts. And speaking of great podcasts, Paik, will you please let us know what you and Daphne have coming up on Run For Your Lives? All right. Um, actually, this week, there is nothing. Um, <laughs> it's one of the very, very few moments, just because we kind of, uh, with just recording so many podcasts, and then I end up taking that break. And yep. I went on a like full vacation for a week. Yes, you had a great of, vacation. Out of the country and doing my own thing. Uh, that is so cool. So, yeah, so we kind of fell behind. So we, we are recording a new episode this week, so it'll be up next week. But... The most recent, since I've been gone from Strange Indeed for a couple of weeks, uh, mm-hmm. I can kind of plug some of the recent stuff that's gone over there. Yeah. At least the most recent one, uh, the newest episode, we covered a newer movie, a 2021 movie called Antlers. It is dark, 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 Oh, dark. boy. For um, you to say that, it must be. Yeah. I know it's, we... It's quite a heavy movie, but um, if you are into that, it's good. It's very good. It's just really heavy and emotional and dark, but oh boy, it's, it's something that I, I definitely think, you know, if, if you're into that kind of stuff, if you like monster movies and creature stuff, it's got a good, good bit of dose of that too. So, okay. Appreciate the it's warning. Interesting one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's awesome. <laughs> All right. But that is our show. Thanks for listening, everyone. Until next time. I'm Rima. And I'm Pig. 
and Sadie Wright is strange indeed. <laughs>